What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday. Happy Mailbag Friday here on Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer and Chris Towers rocking out. On Friday or something like that. Yeah, rock on, Chris. What's up, are dude? We, are we rocking out? Yeah. All I right. A, I have a music take to give later. Oh, oh boy. See, I'm going to put it in the notes before we Great. take our first break. Music take. Love it. Yeah. Love love an Adam Azer take. <laughs> and that's why we're all here. That's really the whole fantasy football thing. It's really just an artifice. It's really just a... a, a a way to get Adam's horrible, horrible opinions out into yeah. the world. Not on, not on purpose, but they do happen to spring out every every now and then. Happy mm. birthday, belated birthday to Chris, July oh, 4th. But also, I just read this morning, podcasting is turning 20 years old this week. This is Oh, happy birthday, podcasting. You can almost drink. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, man, think about how weird podcasting is going to get once it's of legal age. I... Yeah, I mean, you thought podcasting was weird when it was in its its teens, right? Yeah, buddy, it just went through its teenager phase, and now it's a young adult. Um, all right, listen, Chris, Scott Fishbowl drafts are coming up soon, so before we do our mailbag, uh, let's give some advice for Scott Fishbowl drafting here, which is crazy scoring, but some of you out there are in it. Um, and we'll just are you doing one of the live drafts? I don't think no, I don't think so. I don't Mm -hmm. think so. I think it's next Saturday. It's open. People can come. Tito Murphy's. In Midtown Manhattan on J- July 15th. Adam, if you want to swing by. I might. I might. But we got a tight end premium draft. We have a super flex. We have point per first down. Um, what you know, what what's a general there, there's, strategy? There's uh 0.1 points per rush attempt for quarterbacks, I think, or for all players, actually. Sorry, 0.25 points per rush attempt, 0.1 point per pass completion. And how about this one? It's a tight end premium. 
uh, point per first down for for everyone, but for tight ends, obviously it's it's extra points for a reception. It's full PPR instead of half. Receiving touchdowns are only four points for tight ends. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. Mm, that is interesting. Kind of, kind of, just a little bit mutes Travis Kelsey's uh, edge on the competition there. Not it really. Does and I to me bit. he's my number one pick in this format. But now that it's yeah, I mean I don't look, know last, if he should be. Last season he was the number four overall player in this format. He scored five hundred sixty-two point eight points. The number two tight end was TJ Hawkinson, three hundred seventy-seven. So it it doesn't really do much to his edge. He outscored the number two tight end by one hundred ninety points last season. Uh, and he outscored all but Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, who, uh, you know, those guys are pretty good. What, what was interesting, though, is Mahomes was 36.8 points per game in this scoring format last season, which actually almost three full points behind Patrick Mahomes and two full points behind Jalen Hurts. So that uh, that little .25 for rush attempts actually does give Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts uh, a solid bump there. Yeah. Do they not? No more incompletion uh, negatives? I don't think there's any negatives for incompletions yeah. in, in what I'm looking at. Yeah. Right. So you used to have to worry about completion percentage. Now you just need a lot of completions. Yeah. So, um, all right. It's a lot to think about if you're in it. Just take a look at the rules. Make sure you understand them. Um, third round reversal still? I think so. Yeah, that's a big deal. So that's why if you have third round reversal, we have a question about that later in the show. I like picking later. Uh, you know, 11th, 12th, something like that. I think third round reversal is a huge advantage. Uh, I don't like third down, third round reversal, to be quite honest with you. Um, maybe maybe fifth round reversal or something like that would be more fair. But um, yeah, Scott Fishbowl is kind of wacky, and you could certainly consider Travis Kelsey as the number one overall player. But Absolutely. I don't know that I will. Now, that's only four points for a touchdown. Um, but uh, all right. Anyway. I, I still think he's definitely in that. I, I think the, the contenders for the number one pick are any of those three quarterbacks. Or Travis Kelsey. I yeah. don't think you can really go wrong um, with any of those three guys. They'll they'll get you, you know, thirty three to thirty five points per game. It'll there will probably be a couple of other quarterbacks who get to thirty points per game, but it's going to be pretty tough. All right. Well, good luck to you if you are in the Scott Fishbowl, unless you are in my league, the Krusty uh, Crab Division, which I am embarrassed to say when I first saw it, I just thought it was a Simpsons reference, and that's why I did it. And then I realized it's a SpongeBob reference, so I am not in a Simpsons Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was just a little haste there. I uh, think I'm in Nathan's Famous. Oh, good. Okay, that one I know. Uh, news and notes. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk says the Jets are gaining momentum towards signing Dalvin Cook. They're more interested than people realize. And, you know, I'm not, not going to react. We already talked about this yesterday, so uh, I think it was yesterday, so I'm not going to react until it actually happens. But think about that with Brees Hall. Uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, three teams in particular that have been linked to Hopkins are the Titans, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have almost no cap space, so they'd have to do some maneuvering. But the Titans, the Patriots, and the Chiefs, I'm not going to say they're front runners, but they are teams that are linked to DeAndre Hopkins. And that's all you need to know right now about Hopkins. Meanwhile, uh, I want to tell you about St. Jude and all the things you can do to benefit St. Jude. You can donate to our draftathon. We're giving away amazing stuff. It's already underway. Go to tinyurl.com/fftdonate. tinyurl.com/fftdonate 
and you can see some of the things that are currently available to bid on, like calls with me, or I think Zooms with me and Chris and uh, Jamie and Heath. The Dave ones are sold out for now, but there will be more. Um, you can win spots in the podcast league. You can win spots uh, on the show. And pretty soon we're going to be announcing a new sort of podcast league that I'm super excited about. Um, and it's all all to benefit St. Jude. So uh, we already raised over $20,000 for that one spot in the Dynasty League. So we're going to raise a ton of money this year. It's going to be great. Right now, tinyurl.com slash donate. Let's start with some tweets because, quite frankly, the emails were almost ins- exclusively keeper questions, and uh, that's not great for content. So the tweets... Um, and you don't like you don't like podcasting for one person. <laughs> no, I I kind of like I like a la carte podcasting. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. I like it when we let's just record one episode for every single person. That's why <laughs> yeah. those are my favorite comments. Like that guy's already rostered in my league. When you write a waiver wire, and it's like I'm sorry, we're working on your league specific <laughs> column uh, shortly. It'll be out. It'll be out momentarily. Yeah, also, assume there might be a Threads segment of this. We're on Threads, so you can find us there. All right, this one is from Ave on Twitter. Eckler as 101, the first pick in the draft. Is that bold? Not at all. He's been the number one running back two years in a row, I believe. I, I think the 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 argument against it, I guess, would just be partially it's a change in offense. We don't know how that's going to affect them. I think... When you have a player like Austin Eckler, you throw the ball to Austin Eckler because that's a good thing to do for your offense. But, you know, it's it's a different offense and we don't know exactly. You know, we expect Kellen Moore's offense to be a little more conservative or a little more aggressive, push the ball down the field a little more than Joe Lombardi's offense. So it wouldn't surprise me if Eckler takes a little step back in the passing game role. And then obviously there's just, is this trade demand slash contract situation going to lead to anything? I think at this point we all expect it not to, but it's still lingering out there. And, and it's, it's a tiny little bit of uncertainty. Each of the last two seasons, Eckler has actually averaged more points per game than Justin Jefferson did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he averaged, you know, he averaged 21.6 points per game in PPR. And, and by the way, that's in all three formats, non half and full. Um, he averaged 21.6 in uh, 2021 and 22.3 in 2022 compared to Jefferson, who was at 19.5 in 2021 and 21.5 in 2022. So Eckler had him by two points in 2021 and by eight tenths of a point per game in 2022 in full PPR. He's touchdowns is a big reason why he mm-hmm. scored well, like 18 or more touchdowns. 20 and 18, the last two. Right. So, so you know, you do wonder about that. But And he's 28, which I think is fine. There's plenty of, been plenty of running backs who have been really good at 28. 29 is is a little bit scarier. Plus, he doesn't even have 1,000 career carries. You know, he's just mm-hmm. a different kind of running back. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that it's super bold. It's not probably as safe as Jefferson. It's a fine pick. Is he your RB1 still? He's He's mine right now. No, Christian McCaffrey is for me, but it's it's a a coin flip between the two of them, really, especially because there are, as with Eckler, there are some minor, minor concerns about McCaffrey and just how likely he is to live up to his full potential. But I, I think they're the clear top two. I, I think there's a, a clear gap to the number three. So e- either one of them is in the discussion. If you take them number one overall, I think that's reasonable. If you take them... If you get them anywhere after that, I think you you did good. And if ADP is accurate and you can actually get Tony Pollard or Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs at the 2-3 turn, 
mm-hmm. and that's continuing as we get into August, then I don't think you should take Eckler first personally because I, I don't. That's just well, know. yeah, because you're 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 missing out on the the elite tier of wide receiver. Though. Yes, right, right, right. That's the other half of it. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, he's, uh, Jonathan Taylor was RB one in twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, you you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dumbass. Sorry. Where's the Okay. Danny Perez asks in a three wide receiver PPR league, how many wide receivers do you take before RB one? So is it before the RB one, like yeah. before the first, or before you take an RB one? How many how many wide receivers before the first running backs off the board? I would say at least one, maybe two. But that second wide receiver for me is going to be different than for most people because it's going to be Cooper Cup. I think you can make a very good case that Cooper Cup, I think you can make a case for him as the number one player. I think there are five, maybe six players you can make a legitimate case for number one, and Cooper Cup is among them. Okay, for from Paulie, how about a good look at the Jacksonville wide receiver room? I can get a good look at your butcher. Uh, is Calvin Ridley the number one? No, I don't get any laugh for that, Chris. Is Calvin? I don't. I don't get it. That's oh, Tommy Boy. Is Calvin Ridley okay. the number one? What happens to Ingram and Zay Jones's numbers? Uh, I think they go down. I, I'm. I think. Yeah, I'm projecting Calvin Ridley to be the clear number one. Twenty-four percent target share. That might be underselling it, but you know, I, I think that's a reasonable place to place it. And then Ingram and Zay Jones, I have right around seventeen percent target share, so below eight hundred yards per uh, total for the season. I think that makes Ingram a low-end tight end one, but I think last season was the absolute best-case scenario for him, and we're unlikely to see him produce as well as he did. And remember, it was pretty heavily backloaded, and really there was one gigantic game and then a a couple of pretty good games. So I I don't feel... If I go into the season with Evan Ingram as my starting tight end, I don't feel great about it. That's not a case where I feel like, okay, the tight end position set, I'm going to get good production from it. Um, yeah. I'm probably pairing him with like a Sam Laporta or Dalton Kincaid to try to get some upside there. Uh, yeah. And Zay Jones, a wide receiver five probably is where I look at him. I don't think there's a, a huge path to considerable upside there. It's yeah, like well, a, it's like a Tyler Boyd type situation. For we've me. had different opinions on the show about, <laughs> how big of a role Zay Jones will play. Some people have felt like, and this is really the beyond the box score episodes I'm referring to, have felt like Zay Jones is is going to be kind of a problem for for maybe Ridley and Kirk or maybe just Kirk. Um, mm-hmm. And some people feel like Zay Jones is going to kind of fade into the background now and Ridley and Kirk will will be the two main options. That's mostly how I feel. And I, and I just have to point out again, I said this uh, earlier this week, I think, Christian Kirk played almost two thirds of his snaps from the slot. So I do like that for Kirk. You know, I feel like Calvin Ridley is going to be the best outside guy for sure. And that's going to hurt Zay Jones and, you know, Ridley, uh, Ridley and Kirk will kind of have their roles. Um, Zone Zay Jones is probably a pretty good number three NFL wide receiver. Right? Yeah. So that's not great for Kirk. Um, Ingram is a good tight end. It's not great for these guys, but mm, I'm just feeling like, Ridley, Kirk have good fantasy seasons. Ingram's a, a must-start tight end by default, but really a guy who just has some big splash weeks and a lot of frustrating ones. And Zay Jones is a waiver-wire guy in certain Yeah, ways. I think if you draft Zay Jones, there's a decent chance you're dropping him by week three. Uh, Kirk, I think there's a 
a decent chance that he's like just a guy for fantasy this year that he, he drops back to being like a 110 target guy and becomes much more touchdown and big play dependent than he was last season. And obviously I, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be the big play guy on that offense in addition to being the number one guy. So I could see a situation where Ridley's really the only must start guy in that offense and, you know, not including Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence. Okay, here's a question from Ed McComber. If you draft Kelsey in round one, how significant of an advantage is it to reach for Mahomes and stack? The the fantasy industry has really gotten obsessed with the idea of stacking and and correlation and this whole idea of like, oh, well, if you look at the schedule in week 17, X team plays Y team and you want those teams on. And it's like that matter that there's a lot of talk in the fantasy industry about these like high stakes tournaments and the the puppy bowls and, and all that stuff. <laughs> and like that stuff is fun and it matters for the people who are playing in them. But a lot of the discussion about stacking, I, I think doesn't matter as much for your standard 12 team season long leagues. You know, I, I think it's an advantage to get Kelsey and Mahomes because Kelsey and Mahomes individually are a huge advantage on your competition. And maybe there's some value in when Kelsey has, or when Mahomes has these massive games, Kelsey tends to also have big games. There's a a big correlation between them, but like, I think you, if you want to draft those two guys, it should be because you want a big edge at tight end and quarterback. And if you, if Mahomes is gone and you have to take Josh Allen, that only slightly lessens the impact of that edge. So, yeah, I'm not going to change my draft strategy to get a stack, but if I'm up in a spot and I have Kelsey and, okay, now I want to take a quarterback here. Well, Mahomes is my QB1 anyway, but uh, right. like, let's say I had Diggs or something. You know, Would I take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes? Would you do that if you had Diggs? Or if you had A.J. Brown, would you take Jalen Hurts over the other two? I think it depends on the specific players. If it's Allen versus Mahomes... I think the gap there is so small that sure, that's a perfectly reasonable tiebreaker. But if you're talking about like, should I take AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs? Well, I think there's a bigger gap there. No, and I wasn't I would, talking about that. I guess I was talking about from the quarterback perspective, since we all have those top three quarterbacks really sure. close. Would you, if you had AJ Brown and you got him in round two and Hertz was happened to be there, the, all the quarterbacks happen to be there in round three, would you take Hertz over the other two? No, I, I have a bigger gap. But I, I think it's like a mini tier of Mahomes and Allen, then a small gap hurts, and then a big gap to the number four quarterback. I okay. think there there is a mini tier between those two guys or those okay. three guys. And I don't think that's your exists in a four point per passing touchdown league where Yeah, that's I'm I'm Mahomes projecting for six point per passing. Okay, from Robert Boucher, who has the best sophomore year for running backs? Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, James Cook, or Ken Walker? Um I'm going to say Kenneth Walker because I don't really like any of the other guys. I think the other guys are all pretty boring. Uh, Kenneth Walker is, I think, by far the best player among that group. But I I think Kenneth Walker carries at least some bust potential because of the Zach Charbonnet of it all. I think that that deci- the decision to draft Zach Charbonnet really made me reconsider how I view Kenneth Walker as both a short-term and long-term prospect because of the the stat that we've talked about a lot where his rush yards over expect, expected were very healthy. His rush yards per ex, 
over expected per carry was pretty solid, but his success rate has per carry success rate and his per carry rush yards over expected was pretty mediocre. I think it was this rush yards over expected per carry or sorry, his rate. I'm not explaining this well, but basically the, <laughs> the number of the, the rate of his carries that were over expected was the second worst in the NFL last season. He had a lot of long runs where he broke big plays and a lot where he just ran into the back of his offensive lineman. And I do think that the decision to draft, draft Zach Charbonnet could reflect a little frustration with that boomer bust style. Josh Miller asks, would you draft Devontae Adams or Garrett Wilson first? As of now, I have Devontae Adams ranked higher, but if we learn that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to miss time, then it would be probably Garrett Wilson. I was just reading today that on ESPN that Garoppolo, all indications are he should be ready for the start of training camp. So I think if that's the case, it's definitely Adams for me. Yes. From Jesper, what's your favorite draft slot in a 12-team PPR uh, PPR league? This should be an entire episode, actually. You're welcome. Favorite draft slot in a 12-team PPR league? I think historically the number one pick has the highest win rate, so I'll, I'll probably just go with the number one pick. But this year, I guess you could say fifth, because like I said earlier, I think there's those five players who are legitimate number one picks, so you might as well just get that second pick a little sooner. Uh, so slightly I, different I, philosophy. I look at round three. I would, if I were you, I would look at ADP and rankings and look at who you think you're going to get in round three. And when you get to the point where you don't really like the players anymore. Like you're going, oh gosh, I mean, I like Jameer Gibbs, but I don't know, that's a little rich. Or you're saying um, Najee Harris, DK Metcalf, you know. If you get it, to it, that point, you don't want to be there in the first round. Yeah. You know? It depends, I would say. If I'm drafting with normies, uh, I think I want the first pick because I pick earlier in the third round. And I, yeah. that might be the only chance I have to end up with two high-end position players plus a quarterback. If I'm drafting with you guys, quarterbacks, one of the elite quarterbacks tends to still be there at like 30 overall. That's true. And so, you know, that that's changing. We're we're getting a little more QB uh, aggressive. I think one of the drafts we did seven went in the first 43 picks, which was wild. Um, but yeah, I, I want one of the high end quarterbacks, one of that that big three plus two other high end position players. So that would make the case for number one overall, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty big on number one overall, and I think um, it seems like everyone has like a top six of three wide receivers, McCaffrey, Eckler, and Kelsey. So you mm-hmm. could say six is a good spot. But I think I think my point is just think about your third-round pick when you make this decision because yep. it always seems in fantasy football there's just a huge drop-off at some point in the third round uh, and guys that you're just not really jazzed about. Uh, how about from M, from Ma? Which running back do you prefer in Dallas besides Tony Pollard? Uh, right now, I think it has to be Malik Davis. I, I think Deuce Vaughn is an interesting player, but he's just, he's so itty bitty. And there just aren't a lot of, there, there's not much of a trade. It's basically Darren Sproles, right? Is like the only guy that small. Actually, Darren Sproles was bigger than Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn's like 5'6". Um, so I, I just, sure. it's hard to project that kind of role. We'll, we'll see though. You know, do they add another running back? Then it'll be whoever that is. But right now, I think it's Malik Davis. And finally, from Scott Russin, do I keep grilled burgers in the first round or baked burgers in the eighth round? This is so like, I need, did you broil it? No, I just baked them. I, I had three 
that I had like, four four what, meal items. Okay, was it just like beige? Like how did how did it look? <laughs> it looked no, it looked like because like you dark, need like dark you need to brown. brown the meat. Like that's like you need the the Maillard reaction to to take place and and convert the the sugar molecules in the meat into uh you know whatever that is well, listen, like you listen. need that like the browning is like the most important thing when it no. comes to meat and i just don't know if you can get the brown part it was brown you know? i mean it looked like a freaking burger it just didn't have char marks on it i uh, i i cooked three things in the oven at 400 it just was easier that way i only have one oven i i boiled the corn on the stove and i put some teriyaki wings in first and then i put the burgers and the hot dogs in and I, they were all at the same temperature and and this is just how i got dinner done i was cooking by myself for for the party and they came out really good i swear they really were i'm delicious. real skeptical of this i'm, I'm were sorry delicious. i'm sorry i i'm skeptical of any method of cooking burgers that doesn't create a lot of smoke that's what I would say. I, they, I, it was, I was shocked. I was shocked at how good they were. I mean, they weren't as good. They were not as good as a burger on, this, on the grill, but they were perfectly acceptable. <laughs> and that is what I aim for. Now, here's uh, my music take, Chris. Okay, okay. I really, really like the song Chemical by Post Malone. Like, love it. Like, it's a great summer anthem. I, uh, I do not like Post Malone. I, I find his whole thing uh, obnoxious. I haven't heard this song. I have no idea what song oh, you're talking about. This is big hit. But the but the the sunflower song or whatever from the the first Spider Verse movie, I begrudgingly like that song. So, I just my take my take is like I like that song. I don't get Post Malone. the The image and the music do not match at all. You know, and and, and his lyrics. I feel like he's trying to be like really hard. He's got the face tattoo. He's got to live up to that. But he writes these like little pop hits. So I yeah, just, I, he's confusing. I, I find I, he's one of those artists where I feel like his popularity is just like, it's like a big practical joke on me. It's like, this is, this is specifically designed to make me feel out of, even more out of touch than I already do as a, as a 35 year old. All right. Well, let's see how to touch you are. When we come back, we've got the fantasy cops for you on fantasy football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're back, everybody. And we're settling your league disputes. The fantasy cops are here. Send us your commissioner issues or whatever league dispute you have. Send them to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put fantasy cops in the subject line. Here's the dilemma. 
from Michael Zelensky uh, in a suburb of Indianapolis that we are not going to guess because we are not Dave. Uh, league format, half PPR, super flex, tight end premium, point, half point per first down, seven keepers. I am the commissioner, and I traded Brian Robinson, okay. Jordan Love, both of whom yeah. will be kept by the other player. Eight. Unfortunate for that other player. Well, it's a super flex, so, you know. Sure. Uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love and Brian Robinson, a 2023 third-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick for Bijan Robinson. Uh, yeah, that's an awful trick. The league is in an uproar. Yeah. Normally, I ask the party on the perceived losing end of the trade what their thought process was, and if they have conviction without collusion, let it go. Uh, but my vice commission wanted it up for a veto. I put it up for one because it was a steal. Uh, and I also talked to the other team who thought it was a 2023 second round pick, which we corrected. All right. So anyway, he changed the trade to Brian Robinson, Jordan Love, a 2023 third and a 2023 second. Um, so instead of a 2024 second for Bijan Robinson. Uh, do I let the league veto this? I think this is a win for me, but I can also see how adding two keepers to the worst place team and getting two other starters could be reasonable for the other team. I, I think it's a win for me. Come on, Michael. Like, like, come on. It's a win, but it's not, I don't think throw it's, it, throw it down. I don't think if it's you're gonna, if you're going to go up to the rack hard, don't finger roll it. All right. Dunk <laughs> Sean, you know, you know, Sean Ooh. Kemp, you know, that one highlight. Where he like dunks on the guy and then pushes him. Yeah. Do that. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna dunk it, if you're gonna hit accept on this trade, don't don't lay it up. You know, dunk it. Own it. This is a an obviously lopsided trade. You won clearly. There's no question about it. And if the other guy wants to make a bad trade, let him make a bad trade. You shouldn't veto ve- right, veto right. shouldn't be used because one team won. That's not how it works. All right. It's, it should be like, if you're going to veto this, you're saying that you don't trust that guy to run his team and you need to find a new owner for your league. Yeah, I don't think it's quite vetoable. It's a bad trade. It's a lopsided trade. It's not vetoable. So uh, good stuff there from Chris and the Fantasy Cops. Thank you very much for your submission. I want to read a quick comment from YouTube here. Uh, ever watch a Post Malone fan interaction or interview? He's the sweetest person in all the land. Love him for that. And Matt continues, says, chances of Adam shaking my hand if I met him in public, 5%. Chances of Post Malone shaking my hand and suggesting we take a selfie, 95%. Have you ever been, like, spotted in public, Adam? Is that yeah. something that's happened? I have. And how do you, how do you react? I, I mean, it's great. I, I enjoy it. I'm okay. pretty sure I shook someone's hand the last time that happened. I don't really like shaking hands. Aldwin in our YouTube chat is right. Adam definitely gives Monk levels of germaphobe. <laughs> Monk is one of my favorite shows ever, and that is, you know, you part of the reason I do. I do. I don't like germs. Uh, I don't love shaking hands, but I will shake your hand if I ever meet you. And I also thought the Post Malone covering all that Nirvana was amazing. Very talented guy. Just, I don't really get the face tattoo thing. All right. Chris, <laughs> we are, um, we have a guest coming on. Yeah, He's waiting patiently backstage. So we will uh, get to our Apple Podcast questions now, get to our emails later, and then we'll get to him. All right, Apple Podcast question from Ryan in St. Joseph, uh, St. Joseph, Michigan. I am inheriting a team in a 10-team PPR keeper league. Who should I keep? Jalen Hurts in the seventh round or Ramondre Stevenson in the 14th round? That's a real steep discount for Ramondre Stevenson. I think I lean towards Hertz just because he's a bit more of a sure thing, but I could I could see it going either way. I lean Hertz though. 
All right, next question from Joe in Detroit, or a suburb of Detroit. 10-team, one-quarterback, full PPR league, Chase in the 7th or Fields in the 15th? Again, really nice discount for Fields, but just take the best player at at a discount, uh, Jamar Chase. All right, next Apple Podcast question. By the way, thank you all for your five-star reviews. I appreciate it. Finally able to read them. We had a technical issue. Wasn't on our end. From Big Head Charlie. Thinking about taking a gamble and grabbing Bijan Robinson third overall. What do you think? I wouldn't do it, but I'm sure there are people out there who would. Um, and, and I think it, you know, this is a generational type talent. We've seen that type of player turn into exactly the must start running back. We hope they will be, but I I just think the 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 other things up there are too sure to uh to pass on them. Like you're passing on one of McCaffrey, Eckler, or Jefferson, I I can't really see it. Okay, this one comes from Uncle Stinkstonk, of course. 12-team <laughs> <laughs> PPR, two keepers. I'm keeping Eckler. Is there any scenario where I should be keeping Jalen Hurts over Stefan Diggs? Uh, no, I mean, I, I have Diggs ranked, you know, about a round higher than Hurts, so I, I don't think so unless there's a, a gap in the keeper cost, but... Getting locking in that QB edge can be super valuable, and especially in a keeper league where you know at the eight nine spot, you might be choosing a quarterback either way. Like Hertz might just be the right pick there, even if you take Dicks, you know? Yeah, I think the scenario is you gotta look at everyone else's keepers, and if they're keeping a whole bunch of quarterbacks, and well, I'm not really sure because that means they're probably not gonna take one in the first round. If you think that the wide re- you'll be able to get an elite wide receiver with your pick, you said is going to be eight or nine, um, and can't get an elite quarterback, then I suppose. But generally speaking, no, you're keeping Diggs over Hertz. Yep, Steve. And, and I think the thought there would also just be it, it's likelier that Hertz is there when you're picking at eight nine than Diggs. Right, Steve. Uh, wide receiver versus running back. Do you take the player with more upside or ceiling or the value? What is more important in your draft? Who has a better chance to win you your league? Um, I think you should always be drafting for ceiling almost exclusively in fantasy football because the roster sizes, the starting lineups are so small that you need as many edges as you can get. And it's so hard to predict injuries and underperformances that safety doesn't really exist as much as we think it does. So I I tend to prioritize ceiling plays over safety nearly all the time. Yeah, I think like that comes into play in the mid rounds with running backs, where it's feel like it's kind of safer picks versus higher upside wide receivers, which is why yeah. you, we usually gravitate toward wide receivers there, and that's why we call it the running back dead zone and all that. But and that may be going away. We have to really take a look more at ADP. I mean, last year was such a bad year for wide receivers; it really was. Um, like when you were talking about Christian Kirk earlier, mm-hmm. talking about how he could be what would you say one hundred and what you say with the targets? Low 110, targets. something like that. Yeah, yeah it, if he has 110 targets from Trevor Lawrence and wide receiver is similar to what it was last year, that's probably still a must-start player. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're comparing running back to wide receiver, it used to be sort of easy to say, well, the mid-round wide receivers are just better values, have more upside than the mid-round running backs. Not sure if that's true anymore. Well, a, a big part of it was just that for a long time, the RB dead zone was was as much about like inefficiencies in the marketplace, and 
and running backs getting pushed up into the third to sixth round who didn't necessarily deserve it. But I think it's harder and harder to find real edges in every fantasy sport. Like that's just, this is something because I write about baseball as well. It's just really hard to find consistent market inefficiencies. There aren't true sleepers in the, in the sense of like, this guy should clearly be getting drafted five rounds earlier than he is, but because of whatever, he's not, it doesn't really happen anymore. So the, the, the drafts are just much harder to exploit in that way. All right, this question is from Justin in Springfield, Missouri. 12-team half PPR, six-point per passing touchdown league. Quarterbacks are way overvalued, and most top-tier quarterbacks are either kept or going in the first three rounds. So I have the option to keep Amonra St. Brown in the ninth round or Justin Herbert in the seventh round. I think Amonra St. Brown's the better player and the better value here, and... I mean, you're, you're probably so like if you don't keep Justin Herbert, you're probably going to have to take him in the first round if you want him. Right. I think that's the way it, it would probably work out, given what he's talking about or the second round. Right. Yeah, I think you keep him on St. Brown and try to draft a Justin Herbert replacement. But yeah, that's tough knowing the way your league handles things. Yeah, I think I'd keep St. Brown. From Gropstar, I'm trying to trade in a dynasty league. Josh Allen for Trevor Lawrence and pick 1.3. Is that crazy? Give up Allen for Trevor Lawrence and, and the third pick of the rookie draft. I don't think so, but that's probably JSN. Yeah, I don't love it. Oh, wait, I actually, think actually, it's a super flex league. So I do like that more because then I think you've got a take, two percent chance of, of Bijan Robinson, but probably not. But I think Gibbs. I think if because he, he'll he'll have Trevor Lawrence and he'll have Kirk Cousins. So I I think you could either get Richardson or Gibbs there. And I think that's yeah, I think that's it. okay. I just the gap between Allen and Lawrence, at least for me, is is pretty significant. I'm I'm a little lower on Lawrence than I think most people are. So that that might be punting like five points per game, but. I, I think it's reasonable if you want a deeper lineup, I guess. This is from, from VB True T. Okay. Snake draft. I'm picking in the 12 spot. I can keep either McCaffrey in the first round, 12th overall, Jacobs in the fourth, Jalen Hurts in the sixth, Ramondre Stevenson in the seventh, Kenneth Walker in the eighth, or Garrett Wilson in the 11th. You can only keep one. Yeah, I'm going with Garrett Wilson. No, I'm keeping Christian McCaffrey. Oh, you're getting the you're getting a number one pick with the number twelve pick. I, I I get that it's not like potentially the best value, but I just this is a situation where the the gap between McCaffrey and the number twelve pick is worth keeping. All right, and Rice thirty nine is in a ten team ten keeper league. What kind of draft pick should I seek for George Kittle? Uh, I, I wish Heath was on here. He thinks about these things more than I do, but I mean, you're looking for a first round rookie pick, right? For, so for George I, I, Kittle? this is a 10 team keeper league. I'm not sure it's even a dynasty league. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know how to answer that one. I think George Kittle in a dynasty league is worth a late first pick. Sure. 
in a keeper league where ten are keeping or ten are being kept, so that's a hundred players. Gosh, I don't. I mean, a very early pick. You know, you get hundred players are off the board. Yeah. What are you even looking at here? Kittle's got to be one of the best available. Yeah, I think he's a top one hundred pick. So I'm not even necessarily sure you're trying to trade him there, unless hear, you just can't keep him. Here are some emails. This is from Nick in Sturgeon County. Hey, Peter, Cam, and the Paperboy. I, I don't know that one. The Paperboy. It's a movie? You ever heard oh. of the Paperboy? Mm, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. You ever play the video game? I do remember Paperboy, the video game, yes. Yeah. Uh, after listening to Dave yesterday and how happy he was to nail his Darren Waller breakout prediction a few years ago, wondering what is your favorite or most memorable player you guys predicted would have a breakout season. What is your favorite? Aha! Uh, summer fantasy prediction moment from the past decade. Oh, boy. I read That's this tough earlier. one off the dome. Yeah, I read this earlier, so I did have a couple. Uh, I sort of called Victor Cruz. Okay. I just remember Tom Coughlin being very high on him. And Philip Lindsay as a rookie. Actually, one of our emailers wrote in and said, like, watch out for Philip Lindsay. And then I watched him in a preseason game, and I really liked him. And I think it was Royce Freeman. I didn't really like that much. So that was those were two that stood out, Victor Cruz and Philip Lindsay. I'm sure there's one, but I cannot think of one off the top of my head, unfortunately. There haven't been any for Chris. No, I, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> All right, Chase from the Black Squirrel Capital of the World. Which, of okay. course, of course, that would be what, Chris? Uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Norwalk, Wisconsin. I drew the fifth pick in my 10-team Superflex League. Should I stick with quarterback with this pick, or is this where you would pivot to Justin Jefferson or a running back? Fifth overall in Superflex. I think it depends on how the first four picks go. Presumably, Allen, Mahomes, and Hertz are off the board. And in that case, I'm probably fine taking whichever of the best of the non-QBs is there because I think the, the gap after that is a little flatter. Yeah, scoring matters here to me. If it's non-PPR, then no, I'm going quarterback. If it's full sure, yeah. PPR, I think Jefferson is certainly in play or or any of those elite players. Uh, if it's half PPR, kind of in the middle there. Um, but that, just keep that in mind. All right, this is from, from Josh in St. Louis. Dear Stan, Ozzy, Bob, and Lou. Are those, those are Cardinals? Yeah. St. Louis Cardinals? Musial, Smith, Bob Gibson, Lou... Who's Lou? I don't know. How do you not like? Give me an Albert. Give me an Albert Pujols there, not a Lou. Lou Boudreau maybe is. Was he a Cardinal? Lou Brock. Lou Brock. All right, Lou Brock. Rank these quarterbacks in a standard scoring league: six point per passing touchdown. Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. I do have Love just for 2023 ranked higher than the other guys. If we're talking dynasty, then it's it's. Young Stroud and Love, but I think in 2023 specifically, it'd be Love. I have Stroud and Young back to back, but I do have Stroud a little higher just because I think there's going to be more passing volume in that offense. But other than I, I think they're right next to each other. Here's an email from Luke Huber. Who are the top five most dominant players for fantasy of all time? And team name Friday to infinity and Bijan. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Well, we we did this exercise a couple of years ago. Uh, we we did the the best fantasy players of all time, and I, I think it's Ladanian Tomlinson. Just the 
the length of time for which he dominated and the high high that he reached in what was that? Oh seven, oh four, something like that. When so Ladanian 30- Tomlinson had a six-year stretch where yeah. he averaged more than twenty-two points per game. Um, I don't think he was quite as dominant in a single season as Marshall Falk or Priest Holmes were, but he had a little bit more. He had a lot more longevity than Holmes. I don't know about Falk. I only went back to two thousand and one. Yeah, he Ladanian Tomlinson had that thirty. I think it was a 33 touchdown season because he had a couple passing touchdowns. That was pretty good. Um, I think McCaffrey's in that discussion. I think, uh, I mean, Cooper Cup is putting himself in that discussion with his past couple of seasons. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, they really aren't because McCaffrey had one year where he averaged about 29 points, and then he did it again the next year, but that was only in three mm-hmm. games. And then Cup, sure. you'd be right about Cup if he had done it for a full season last year. So I, I, t- Marshall Falk. Priest yeah. Holmes, Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, they were just on another level. Steven Jackson was close for a year, I think. Calvin Johnson averaged 21 or more points per game in three straight seasons, which doesn't even, like the best wide receivers don't even compare to what those running backs yeah. did. They're talking about eight eight fewer points per game. But Calvin Johnson was wide receiver one, wide receiver one, and wide receiver three per game for from 2011 I mean, to 2013. Devontae Adams. Yeah, is in that discussion. Awesome. 21.8, 18, 26, 22, and 20 points per game. But if we're talking wide receivers, Jerry Rice stands above and beyond. And then the the best Randy Moss seasons are probably up there, but he wasn't as consistent. Antonio Brown had a five-season stretch where he finished either wide receiver one or wide receiver two per game every year. 2014 to 2018. <laughs> you know, and given, you know, his NFL draft capital, Antonio Brown probably ended up being one of the best dynasty yeah. picks ever. And then obviously Travis Kelsey, I think it's yeah. been six straight years as tight end one or two, and t- five of them he's been tight end one. I think that's what it is. And Gronk was probably similar. Yeah. He had an interesting career. Go, you get hurt. He's yeah, always amazing, am- but he got a lot of injuries. Um, all right, that's going to do it for our emails, unless I can do this. I can do this really quick here. Uh, Keeper League, give me two for Jerry in Montreal. Cup in round one, Pollard in round six, ETN in round six, Walker in round eight. This I think I'd go Cup and Pollard. Cup and Pollard, okay. Uh, this is for from Deacon, from the land of bourbon and horses. Now, obviously, Chris, that would be? T- Tennessee? The I don't know. The Shenandoah Valley region. I'm gonna go. I, I think it's Kentucky. Sure. Uh, and it's a 12 team PPR yeah, league. Keep two. Cup in the fourth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dobbins in the fourth. No. Pollard in the fifth. Hopkins in the seventh. Ramondre Stevenson in the tenth. I think it's Cup and Ramondre. Yeah. And he said, "Dear Evelyn, Waymond, Joy, and Gong Gong." That is maybe my favorite movie of all time. Oh, really? I love that movie so much. I <laughs> like wow. that movie destroyed me emotionally. I watched it in theaters and like the last 45 minutes of everything ever all at once. I was just like sobbing. It was it was like the most emotionally affecting movie I've ever seen in my life. Wow. OK, I love that movie so much. Uh, that's everything everywhere all at once. Yes. All right. Check You'll it out. You'll probably hate it. I'm sure. I have no intention of seeing it, but everyone else should see it. 
When we come back, we're joined by Lucas Grant, a very generous man who helped us out with St. Jude last year and is going to give us three sleepers for the 2023 fantasy season. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Draftathon is in full swing right now. More and more things will be up for auction. You can go to tinyurl.com slash donate right now. Let's bring in Lucas. Hey, Lucas, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Good morning. How you doing? We're doing great. And good morning to you. You're all the way out in California. So California, yeah. that's, that's an early wake up. Yeah. California, yeah, yeah. But uh, town, hour north of L.A., Okay. Uh, Dave's not here, so we don't got, a, <laughs> no, we don't got no. an answer for that one. I figured I'd give it a shot. Stockton? But, uh, is that north no, of L.A.? No, that, yeah, it is north of L.A., but that's way up there. No, I'm in okay. Santa Barbara. Okay. Santa Barbara's gonna go. say, I was about to say Santa Barbara, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucas, well, thank you for being part of the poker tournament last year. I hope you're going to do it again this year, I would hope. I am planning on it for sure. That was a great time. Good stuff. Yes, it was. And you got yourself a guest appearance here on Fantasy Football today. So I asked you yeah. to come with three sleepers for the 2023 season. Who's your first sleeper? Okay, so uh, the first one that I went with was uh, Tajay Spears. We could consider him probably more of a late-round dart throw. Um, but I really like him. Uh, a buddy at work turned me on to him, got me watching his highlights, and uh, it, it's exciting. So... Um, you know, obviously we got concerns. He, he's behind King Henry. Um, he's got the knee issue and he's, uh, and they got a bad offensive line, but um, he's being drafted, I think is the RB 57. So he's basically free. So why, why not pick him up? Uh, I think there's a lot of upside. Um, something happens to Henry based on his age and, 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 you know, where, where all the rankings are of Henry, I think that's kind of baked into his rankings that, that we do have concerns um, that he could take off. So, I mean, watch his highlights. Based on the eye test that I've seen, the guy is explosive. Um, he has great field vision. He, he clocked a, a 4 5 40, but he looks like he runs and plays faster than that. He had some breakaway speed. Um, he could break some arm tackles. And what I really liked is that he, he demonstrated that he could catch the ball out of the backfield really well. Actually had some shades of CMC that I saw. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked with it, and I think even if he – if uh, King Henry stays healthy, that he could carve himself out, uh, you know, some passing work and and still provide some value. So, I think you know taking the date the the late round dart throw on him might uh, might pay off for you. Mm. I think it's a great call. You know, they don't have a lot of depth in the backfield, and Hassan Haskins is another guy who's in that backfield in Tennessee and just got into some serious off field trouble. So, uh, Tajay Spears, this guy's coming out of Tulane, had a huge game against USC in the bowl game. And uh, had the third most uh, averaged 4.58 yards after contact per carry. That was third best in the country. And yeah, I mean, Chris, it makes sense with Derrick Henry, 29 years old, going to be 30 yeah. in January. You know who turned 29 last year, people? Melvin Gordon turned 29 last year. 
Go look at DeMarco Murray. Go look at LaShawn McCoy. Go look at Melvin Gordon. And their age 28 seasons were pretty good. Their age 29 seasons were terrible. So getting a backup to Derrick Henry is a, a very good idea, Chris. Yeah, and especially, I mean, he missed significant time two years ago with a foot issue. Last year, he stayed very healthy. I think he missed one game. But obviously, it's it's... I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to dominate the workload and, and, you know, Spears is going to be a, a true handcuff. But there's a th- this is one of those lottery tickets, right? This is one of those situations where if Derrick Henry gets hurt in week 15, all right, it probably didn't work out for you drafting Tajay Spears. But if Derrick Henry gets hurt in week two, which is entirely possible, then, you know, it could be a situation where you've got a must start running back on your hands. So you You've got to be patient. You've got to draft him understanding that this is a guy you're stashing at the end of your bench. But yeah, there's there's tons of upside there. Who is sleeper number two, Lucas? Okay, so uh, I went with Brandon Cooks. Um, I think people were turned off of him last year with for good reason, you know, not a good team. And uh, he just really didn't produce. But right now, I think he's going round seven, wide receiver 42, um, and if you look at his his years, I mean, the guy's a perennial top 20 wide receiver. Now, that's a little bit of Azer statting. I, I removed three <laughs> three of his nine seasons. But out of six of his nine seasons, you know, he's finished with a thousand yards or more. And he's finished as the wide receiver 19 or better. Um, so he's just a he's a number two consistent wide receiver. And I, and I think, um, you know, obviously he's in a much better situation this year. I, I like Dak. I like the Cowboys offense. It is vastly improved from what he had to deal with last year. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that, that wide receiver core with, with Gam and, or excuse me, uh, Gallup and, and Lamb, um, that there's going to be a lot of difficulty on the defenses and they can exploit that. Um, I like, Ga- I like so, Gam. I like Gam is a good nickname. <laughs> so, so Gam, that's, wow. that's a shout out to my buddy uh, from work who actually talked to me about Tajay Spears. So that's, okay. that's why I said that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, so I think cooks, you know, you can grab him, um, as your third or fourth wide receiver. And I think he could, he can get a thousand yards and and four or five touchdowns and and he can pay dividends, uh, as kind of a low end wide receiver too. And you can get him at a wide receiver four price. Yeah. He's going about a hundredth overall, Chris, Brandon cooks. I'll give you the guys going ahead of him. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton, and then, Quentin Johnston right after him, Jamison Williams, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting range. I mean, I certainly prefer Gabe Davis, but I think uh, Cooks and versus Sutton, Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jamison Williams, you know, maybe, maybe he's just done and not that good anymore. He's 30, I think. But if he's not, then he's probably going to beat most of those guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's... I, I'd rather have him than Cortland Sutton, for sure. I think the likely outcome is he outscores Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston. And, like, Jordan Addison is probably going to be pretty similar. Uh, higher passing off, pa- pass volume offense. I think the one concern I have about Dallas is just kind of across the board, a holistic concern is just the switch from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy. I think it's going to be a less aggressive offense. They're going to play a lot slower. So I am dinging Dak Prescott's pass attempts, but yeah, I think Brandon cooks is a, a decent bet for a thousand yards and, and six touchdowns, which is kind of a quintessential Brandon cook season. And that'll make him a, a low end wide receiver too. And I'm not going to give you per game here, but I'll just give you this statistic here. Um, considering Brandon cooks is wide receiver 43, uh, uh, from 2019 to 2021, the Cowboys did have two wide receivers finish in the top 27. 
Cooper and Gallup, Cooper and Lamb, uh-huh. and Lamb and Cooper. So that's two each year. Last year did not happen. Um, and then for Mike McCarthy from 2007, let's see, 13 seasons with Green Bay. Uh, Mike McCarthy had two top 24 wide receivers six times and two top 18 wide receivers four times. So there's good history for in those, on those two sides. All right, Lucas, your final sleeper is one that I'm so excited about. This is a, a young up-and-coming player that people are sleeping <laughs> on right now. But in all seriousness, I, I have officially declared myself, I think it was a, a week ago, the Russell Wilson guy. So you are yep. also the Russell Wilson guy. Yeah, I'm on Russell Wilson this year. Um, I like it, and I, and I would be remiss to say I wasn't influenced a bit by that podcast with you and right. uh, and, and Robert Turbin. I mean, there's something yes. to be said for uh, a former player who who has you know seen what Russell can do, knows um, how hard he works, and um, so I, I like him. I tend to try to shoot for these types of later round quarterbacks. Uh, I think I had him going quarterback 17 right now. So um, not a whole lot of risk with that. And I think um, Sean Payton's going to do a lot of really good things for this, uh, for this team. I, I, and that's really kind of what I'm going off. I think he's going to bring some new life to the offense. He's going to utilize his weapons and we're going to see a closer version of Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, like what we've seen in his, in his heyday in Seattle. Um Look, he's 34. He's not going to run like he used to, but uh, he's got good playmakers around him. Judy, Sutton, Patrick. I really like Marvin Mims. I hopefully he can come on and uh, provide some some speed and some and some agility to the team. And and I think you know, look, I think he's got top 10 upside if everything pans out. And uh, and I like that. So that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna probably try and target him in some of my leagues this year. I love it, Chris. I love it. There, it's it was so weird last season because we're talking about a guy who was consistently, arguably the most efficient quarterback in the NFL year in and year out, and his touchdown rate basically cut in half last season. If if he was just awful in the red zone, if they can turn that around, you know, if, if Sean Payton can really make that big of a difference, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of upside for Russell Wilson. If you're not going to take a high end quarterback, I think taking Russell Wilson and one other late round guy makes sense as an approach. Yeah. Pe- people, like, we just got this, t- this comment or Russ is cooked. Sure. And people possibly. think that, and it's possible, but my favorite thing about it is it's just not going to hurt your fantasy team. He's going so late. It could be your last pick in a lot of leagues. Um, Lucas. So just tell us real quick, like what's your draft? How do you get ready for your fantasy season? Basically? Uh, well, I listen to you guys. Uh, number one, I, uh, listen to you guys. And then, and then I just, um, I do mock drafts um, and I just have fun with it. I've got three different leagues. I, I do mock drafts. And then really what, I, what I've what uh, i come to realize is that this is supposed to be fun. And I've been doing this for a lot of years. And there was years where I would get so pissed if my fantasy team did poorly. And it's like, look, look, we're trying to guess and predict the future. Let's just have fun. Let's draft people that we want to see succeed and people that you believe in. So um, I just try to trust the gut and uh, and have fun with it. Good for you, man. It's it's supposed to yeah. be fun, and we appreciate it. And thank you for donating to St. Jude and being part of that uh, last year. And, um, you know, good luck to you in fantasy this year, and you're an excellent guest. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, just one one last thing is, is I appreciate uh, the content that you guys put out. It's really, I think, fantastic. All of you guys do a great job um, at with the entertainment, but also the really good information that you guys provide. So from somebody who's just a fantasy football listener, uh, thank you guys for what you do, and uh, I look forward to 
keep on listening to you guys. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday with another edition of Fantasy Football Today. See you then.